Amen. Amen. We are so glad to have the Roshes with us here this morning, and I've uh, been supporting them since 2007. And uh, we, we want to bless them, and one of the ways we can bless them is by uh, just giving them an offering. And uh, so many years they have to go off the field and, and visit their churches again and raise support and cash offerings and things of that nature to help support their ministry. And there's a couple ways that you can do that. We do have a text-to-give option, and you can see that up on the screen at this time. And then we also have um, uh, you can give uh, through check. And just put missionary on there, and you can put that uh, in the giving box. And also online, for those of you that are watching online, you can text to give and go online to our website. And uh, there's a giving tab, and if you drop that down, you can um, give there too. And just text the amount uh, to Rosh at that phone number, and we just want to bless them. We took an offering for them yesterday too at the ladies' event, and um, we're just so thankful to have them come and, and to share with us what uh, God is doing uh, in Panama, and they've been there a lot of years and have done a lot of great things. And it was just our privilege as a church to to be with them four years and to see all the different things and the projects and the church plants um, that have been going on and to be partakers of that and to, to see with our own eyes um, God working in them and through them. And so we're just so very thankful for them, and we want to also bless them as a church too financially and as we continue to support them monthly also. So I'm just so thankful to have them with us here this morning. Can we just give them a warm welcome as they come and they share God's heart with us? Amen. I'm going to give you guys a minute to do that before I offend you, any Buffalo Bills fans in the house. So go ahead and do that. Uh, I told Pastor that's now I'm like, Lord, I, I pray that Buffalo wins because I don't want to preach to a lot of angry people. So, um, so some of you guys have smiley faces and Buffalo Bills um, jerseys on. I'm sure now you're Pittsburgh Steelers fans, right? Because you probably don't want to face... Um, Kansas City. So anyhow, it's great to be with you guys again. Um, I'm not a Kansas City fan. I'm not. I'm just by no means. But um, it's great to be with you guys again. As your pastor said, it's been uh, since 2007, actually, um, outside of our home church where we served in, in Syracuse, you guys were the first church that we know of, at least, that supported us, that picked us up. And so you guys have been with us since the very beginning. And actually, Pastor, I stand corrected. I believe you guys were with us five times. You went twice to Gavilan. So, um, yeah, Wayne and I were talking, and, and Wayne corrected us. So, yeah, we are old. And um, so the old wise one pointed out our errors. So you guys were with us five times, and it's a joy. It's like home. Um, um, our kids have connections with some of you guys in fact, our son, we celebrated his, what, 16th birthday here um, um, when he was turned 16 because he had a lot of connections and stuff here and, and with the church. But anyway, it's a joy to be back with you guys sharing. I remember when your pastor called me um, back, I think it was July or August, and I called him, um, number one, you know, um, seeing if he was interested in having us come to share. But number two, more importantly, I wanted to go fishing. Um, we went out fishing one time, and um, for any of you that know anything about fishing, he was in front of the boat, and he pointed the boat at all the good casting angles, and so he gloats and brags that he outfished me. So I wanted my revenge, and so, of course, he never returned my phone call. But when he finally did, and I before he even asked the question, I said no. And he's like, what? I didn't even ask the question. Who wants to be in upstate New York in January? I mean, you know what I mean? 
If you've ever been to Panama, you know why. I mean, it's 80, 90 degrees year-round. You know, you didn't have to deal with the white stuff. But um, um, anyhow, that's enough of that. I'm rambling. But anyway, it's a joy to be with you guys. In 2020, the year 2020, um, how many of you guys can remember that far back? Um, normally, I'm very thankful that we're in Panama and we're isolated and insulated from craziness. But um, the year 2020 was quite a year. And there's a saying um, that, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Probably many of you guys have heard that saying. And how many of you can agree with me that you were glad that 2020 is in our rearview mirror, hoping and anticipating that 2021 would be better? And I'm not sure if 21 was much better than 2020, but now we're in a new year, 2022. But in spite of all that, there was one word that kept coming up over and over again, whether I was reading in scriptures or books or, or, or online, whatever it was, it, the word was hope, H-O-P-E, Hope in the year 2020, especially that springtime, there were a lot of people that were um, pretty hopeless. There was a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety that was going on and running rampant in our world. And so God kept bringing this word up. So I began to kind of dig into what does hope mean? What is the meaning of hope? And so as I looked um, into the definition in, in Webster or whatever dictionary, um, what hope means is, is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. I'll repeat that. A feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. Yesterday morning, many of you woke up with a hope, a desire, an expectation that the Buffalo Bills would perform in a way in which they can win the game, right? That was your hope yesterday morning. And that hope was fulfilled. You, you saw a great game won by your team. And so those expectations came to fruition. Let me bring you back, Buffalo Bills fans, now that you've already given and you can't take that back. Um, January 27th, 1991. Your hopes and desires were that Scott Norwood would be able to hit this 47-yard chip shot <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. That was your hopes, your dreams, your desires. And, of course, you know, famously, it was wide right, right? And um, so your hopes were shattered. Sometimes the things that we hope for, the things that we desire, don't always come to fruition. They don't always turn out the way that we dream them to be. How many of you guys have hopes and, and desires for your children, right? Expectations for your kids. And so I began to look at hope in a biblical way, in a biblical definition. And what does hope mean biblically speaking? Hope biblically speaking means it's a confident expectation. It's just not a flip it, you know, I hope my team wins today. It's a confident expectation that if God has spoken something into your heart, if he's given you a dream, if he's given you a vision, you can confidently expect that it's going to come to pass. In the Hebrew, if you look at that word, it means a rope or a, a cord. You see, hope is what you hold on to 
when there's nothing else. Hope is what you hold on to when you receive um, terminal news. Hope is what you hold on to when your world is rocked and turned upside down. Oftentimes we think of faith as being the anchor, right? I want to tell you that hope is the rope that's a, a, attached to that anchor. And it's coupled together. We have faith, we have hope, and then love is that Jesus Christ is in the boat with you. He's in your heart. He's in life with you, doing life with you, whether or not you feel him, whether or not you know it. When storms of life come, Jesus says he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. Church, I want to tell you that you can hold on to, confidently expect, hoping that things will come to pass. If God has spoken into your life, it will come to fruition. And so this morning I want to talk about hope that expectation that we have. The Bible tells us, if you have your um, word of God, you can turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus 2 verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, this is the hope that we hold on to. This blessed hope that Jesus is coming again. And it's this great news that we, my wife and I, are able to share to the country of Panama. I tell my churches that merely we're just the feet and I'm the big mouth in the country of Panama. But the churches, you guys are the hands that pray, and you're the hands that give. You see, we're all part of the same body of Christ. And the stories that I'm going to share, you guys take part in. As your pastor talked about um, faith promise, as you give, sometimes we become isolated. We simply write that check or we press the donate, and, and, and we don't feel. But I want to tell you that you guys are making a difference both in Panama but around the world to those 67, 66 other agencies and missions organizations that you guys give to, though you may not ever see them. Every story that I'll share today, every every face that you see on the video that you're about to see has a story, and you guys are part of that story. So I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving your sacrifice and going and praying to make a difference. So if you guys want to go ahead and play that video, um, and so this morning I want to talk about hope and made a acrostic acronym, whatever it is, I'm not sure, but it's helping others prepare for eternity, helping others prepare for eternity. And so this morning the H stands for helping. And honestly, I don't know you, but in my city, we, I don't need to look too far to find people that are pretty hopeless. Our streets are being riddled with people offering a lot of stuff. And church, I want to challenge you that we should be offering hope um, to those who are hopeless in our streets. And, and oftentimes we don't need to look too far. And even sometimes it comes knocking on our door, people that are in need of uh, just a shot of hope in their arm. Bridget's is going to come and, and share with you this morning um, a couple points and stories. So, Good morning. So... Helping others prepare for eternity. One of the benefits we had, you know, he said, sometimes it comes knocking on your door. 
in Panama, we had our landlord lived across the street from us, and he had somebody called an empleada or a maid who would clean his house. And she would come and converse with us periodically. One day she came over at, she was leaving work and she knocked on our door. And when we opened the door, her name is Anna. She was crying and she had her phone in her hand and she said, I need to show you a video. And she showed us a video of her nephew, Victor, who you can see there. Victor, when he was born, he does not have the diagnosis of cerebral palsy. But all of the symptoms would be that he has no motor control. He communicates through grunts. Um, he is bound to a wheelchair or what I would call a full support walker that he has to be strapped into. And this young man, he's six years old. His walker had broken and the one wheelchair he had had broken and they had been calling all over the city of Santiago and they could not find a pediatric walker or wheelchair for little Victor. So she came to us and out of desperation for help. My first thing I did was I called Panama City. I was sending emails out, contacting, thinking there has to be something in Panama City. And the truth is there was nothing. Everybody, I got responses like, well, we've got an adult walker and you can lower it. And I'm thinking this kid is six years old and that aluminum walker isn't going to support him. He will fall. So I used social media. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I love it for things like this, but in general, I just see the negativity that people have. This time, it was a blessing. I put a plea out there, and I had a couple people contact me wanting to donate money. But another fellow missionary with a different organization in our town saw my plea, and she was able to start making contacts. And it was a physical therapist, a Christian physical therapist, that was able to get a hold of not just a pediatric walker that he needed, but also a pediatric wheelchair and donated them for free. These were top-of-the-line things here in the United States, things he would never come close to getting in Panama. And then they worked with the airlines and got it shipped to Panama for free. And we were able to get it to Santiago and give it to Victor and his family. And that allowed us the opportunity to share the love of Christ. It wasn't just an item. We were able to share the love of Christ with Anna, with Victor, with his family. And we were invited back a couple weeks later for his seventh birthday. And little Victor had learned how to use the walker and how to use the wheelchair. And their apartments are a lot smaller and narrower. But man, this little boy could zip in and out. And he remembered us. And he was so excited we were there. And it was such a blessing to know that God allowed us. It's not. It was a privilege to be asked to help and to be able to provide something to help him. It did not change his medical diagnosis. We can't always change those types of things, but we gave that family hope that there was something out there, there was help, and that there is a God who loves them that will help them in any way possible. So sometimes it comes knocking on our door. Just like in this situation at work, your home, wherever. Sometimes it doesn't. But the big thing is you have to be willing to do what our next letter is, O, others. Looking to help others. 
it's easy to get caught up in our life. If you're like me, schedules, got to go grocery shopping, raising kids, raising husbands. Um, You can get kind of caught up in the midst of everything and forget to look out around you. Um, We may feel overwhelmed, helpless. God may be urging you to step out in faith, but we may use the line, oh God, I'll do it when I get my life more organized. When the chaos settles down, Lord, I'll take care of it then. It's kind of like the people who say, I'm going to wait to have kids until I can afford them. You never can, and your life's never going to be, you're never going to be without chaos of some sort. Every season brings something new. So the point is, we take our eyes off the storm that's in front of us, off of that chaos, and take notice of the people around yourself. Your life may seem like it has an insurmountable mountain in front of you. But when you take your eyes off of that mountain and look at other people, things start to look smaller and more manageable. And when you help other people, somehow your mountains move out of the way. So those are the, look for others. God has them around us. There's a multitude of people around us that need help. And we have this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is very well known. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to bring you a hope and a future. We know that God has a plan for our lives. We have hope in that. And this is the hope that we have to take to others around us and let them know that at any moment when life seems crazy and we can't handle it, God is our hope. He's the one we're going to hold on to. We take our eyes off ourselves and look at them. God takes care of us and gives them hope. Now, it's easy to say that, but I want to share with you my son, many years ago, he's older now, you saw him only, I think only once in the video, because he doesn't live with us in Panama anymore. He's 21. And many years ago, he had, he got frustrated because he saw a situation where in Panama, the kids can't go to school if they don't have uniforms. And we would go, and there were kids without uniforms. And we found out, hey, the government actually gives the parents money to pay for uniforms and school supplies. But it's not, a de- it's not designated funds, which basically means these parents get the funds, and they can use them how they want. Unfortunately, we know what they were using them for, because when the checks would come in, you would see the lines at the local bar. Um, and the kids would go without their uniforms. You guys that have come to Panama have actually helped us with this. We have done it in conjunction with VBS and and in other ways. But we started to buy school supplies and uniforms to give to these kids. Sometimes, again, it's through a VBS. Other times now we adopt schools where I think there's some pictures um, where we bring them in and we're able to share the word of God in the school and give these kids supplies. This here, these are some of the schools. That school is actually in Gavilan, where you guys have worked. Um, and we're able to share the love of Jesus with them and help other people. So, you know, there's a problem, and sometimes you need to just look at the others around you to find ways of helping them. And I'm going to have my husband come back up and share some more.
So um, th- we have H helping O is others, and the P stands for prepare. I'm just getting my notes here. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 3 says this, um, Isaiah speaking, a voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Back in those times, in Isaiah's time, um, when a king would go um, and visit another city or another country, he would send before him representatives, um, people that would literally prepare his way. Um, sometimes it would be removing obstacles along the highway. You know, in Panama, it would mean, you know, giving them, arming them with machetes to hack through the jungles and, and get to the village. In, in this time in the Bible lands, probably, you know, there were rocks and stones. And so his representatives would need to clean the way. Maybe there would be, um, people, um, that would, want to harm the king and so they would need to deal with those robbers and and then once his representatives got into the city in which the king was going to stay they would have to make sure all of his accommodations were ready there and so the king it would be a big process for him to travel to another city sending forth his representatives how many of you know that we have a king that is um, preparing his return visit to the to the world the king his name is Jesus Christ, and that Jesus has called you, and he's called me as his representatives to prepare his return. God has called Bridget and I to the country of Panama to preach the good news, the great news of Jesus Christ, but he's also called you where you are, whether it's here in Ontario or, or Webster or wherever you may live, he has called you to make ready his return. Jesus is coming again. And each day that we rise from our beds, it's one day closer to, to his return. And he has called you to be his representative. Any obstacles that are on the way of, of hearts and lives of people that have not yet received him as their Lord and Savior to make ready his return to to be a clear and in 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 um I was going to say clear and present but a clear and precise gospel witness to those that are around us and one of the joys that that Bridget and I have in Panama is, in making ready those preparations is actually preparing future leaders the ones young people that God is working on and calling to be the future pastors and the uh, future leaders within the church and and so we're asked to teach in the local Bible school there and the Bible school in Panama has really two branches. The one branch is the education branch. And my wife is an educator and she teaches classes that put me to sleep. Um, curriculum art or design and theory, you know, she, she shows me what she's teaching and it literally bores me to tears. You know, I get to teach on evangelism and, and church planting and, and discipleship and, and missions and youth ministry, all these things that really geek me. But, but what's really cool is we both in our own ways are able to invest in, and duplicate ourselves and leaders in our church 
ones that are going to be uh, future teachers, um, both in the public schools and the private schools, and then also within our local church body, and that God is raising up um, this next generation of leaders that they're able to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into their communities, into their country, and also God is now um, even calling Panamanians um, as missionaries as they're sending them out around the world. And that's a joy that we have, is preparing um, leaders. And so if the next slide we have, this is actually Bridget's class there of there in the education um, realm. Actually, the lady there, I didn't point out in the first service, with the black shirt and the striped um, black skirt, that is Diana. She's actually the pastor's wife in Gavilan. Um, that's Diana, and her husband is the pastor, but they're doing a great work in Gavilan. And then the next slide is um, actually our our graduation um, there, those are the graduating class of a couple years ago of two of the, Bi- the Bible schools that come together, and they do a joined um, graduation class. So preparation, preparing. And then the E stands for eternity. Um, you know, anything and everything that we hope for on earth pales in comparison to that blessed hope that we have that Jesus is coming again. That's what we're sharing in Panama, and that's what we need to be sharing in the world in which we live. John chapter 14, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say I'm, you know, multiple choice, one of many ways. Jesus says I'm the one and only way. I'm the one and only truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's that that hope that we're sharing to those that in, in Panama. And that's what it all boils down to is that church, you and I were called to be avenues to be sharing that hope, that blessed hope to those that are around us. And one of the most effective and powerful tools that we found in sharing this hope is through church planting. When we um, got to the a province of Panama. The next slide actually shows the country of Panama. It's long and skinny, kind of like Tennessee, but ours is like has a big old curve in it. But um, we live in the province or the state called Veraguas, which is kind of the burnt orange there. Veraguas is the largest province or state of of Panama. And the next slide, our province of Veraguas is broken into twelve different counties, or or yeah, twelve different counties. And when we arrived in Veraguas, there were only um, in the 12 counties, only four of our county seats or the largest cities in those counties um, highlighted there in red had Assembly of God churches, Santiago, Atalaya, Rio de Jesus, and well, what am I missing? So not. And so those four had um, had churches in them. And so over our last term, we began sharing with um, the pastors in our area. It had been 13 years since our district had planted a church. Um, other individual churches had planted churches, and you guys worked in Gavilan and a couple others that were church plants or, or daughter churches. But as far as the district, it had been 12 years, 12, 13 years since the district worked together, focused all their energies in planting a church. And so we're working in the Bible school, and now we have seven or eight different churches that are now coming together, and we're planting churches. And so our last Last term, we're able to see two churches planted there. Thank you, San Francisco in green, San Francisco. And then the last one was in Montijo. Montijo is a city of 19,000 people. When we began in Montijo, there were two churches, if you would want to call them that. Well, yeah, 
they had the Catholic Church, which we have Catholic churches in you know every community. We had the Catholic Church, and then the second church was the um, the Mormons, and and so those were their two religious options that they had. Nineteen thousand people. Those two churches were all that were in Montijo, and there was, so there were no Assembly of God, no Baptist, no Methodist, no Evangelical whatsoever. And so God laid on our heart and a vision to plant a church in Montijo. And so the next couple slides, you can just kind of scroll through them. We launched that church in January 2020, you can imagine. Um, January, we started. In February, COVID hit there as well um, during Carnival. Um, and so um, in March, everything was shut down. In Panama, they were shut down 23 hours a day. You were allowed out one hour a day every other day, and that depended upon the last number of your Social Security card. Women were allowed out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Men on Tuesday and Thursday. Complete shutdown on Saturday and Sunday. So you can imagine how that would affect our newly fledgling church um, that we planted in January. They met together a month of January and part of February, and then everything was shut down for over a year. Montijo was one of the largest hit our hardest hit areas um, in our region, and at one point they had complete shutdown. You were not allowed in or out of Montijo if you did not live there. And so our church had to be replanted. Actually, Pastor Pedro, some of you guys know Pastor Pedro, has taken that church. Um, there is the roof that we put on, and I was able to go back this April, and we put on the roof. Now the roof is completely done, and actually they relaunched the church um, in July of this last year, and Pedro just um, in... And two months ago, um, in, in November, um, did a campaign there again. So they had to relaunch the church in Montijo, but God is doing a great work there. Um, what's awesome is while we're here traveling and preaching in the States, um, the, the Bible school there and the pastors there are launching a church in Las Palmas, which is on the far left-hand side there in the county seat of Las Palmas. And so God is doing a work there. And so we want to thank you for your partnership and we continue our endeavors our prayers are that over the next five or six years that we'll be able to launch churches in these remaining county seats uh, with god's hand and direction and guidance and so pray for us with that thank you for your investment um, in bringing hope to those that are hopeless i want to just conclude this morning and perhaps you've entered this place and and first and foremost our 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 greatest prayer is that you, first and foremost, put your hope in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Whether you're know it or not, Jesus is coming again for his church. His church isn't a building. His church is individuals, you and I. And the hope that we have to spend eternity with him is, as Jesus says, put your trust in that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants to give you that assurance of eternal life with him by putting your faith in him and saying, Lord, forgive me. I've tried to live my life my own way, but I want to surrender my heart and life to you and accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow the ways and the will that you have for my life. So I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes right where you are. We're going to pray and and conclude the service, and then your pastor is going to come up. But before I go any further, maybe you've you've entered this place, and, and you can honestly say between you and God that you've been trying to live life your own way and today you would say you know what lord i i give up i surrender I, i've been messing up my life and i want to accept you as lord and savior i want to spend eternity i want to receive this hope that is found in no other name but the name of jesus christ 
And I want to confess my sins to you and accept you as my Lord and Savior. Possibly you're here today. And you can be honest before God and say, yeah, that's me. Just raise your hand right where you are. We're going to close in prayer. Is there anyone in this place that that want to put their hope and trust and faith in Jesus as their Lord? Is there anyone? Okay. So I'm talking to the church this morning. In church, you've entered this place, and maybe there's a situation or a circumstance, and and you're holding on, but, man, you're losing your grip. You're holding on to that hope and, and that God is going to show up, but, but you're like, Lord, I don't know how much longer I can hold on. I just want to pray for you and, and pray that, that you will have a renew, renewed strength, that you can renew your hope and your confidence and confidently expect that God's going to show up in your life and in your circumstance or your situation. If that's you, I just want to pray with you. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to conclude with prayer. Worship team is coming up to close the service. Is there anyone else? Hands across this room. Father, we come before you right now, before the throne of grace, and we know, Father, you know every circumstance and every situation. Your word tells us that the hair's of our head are numbered. You know so intimately, Lord, what's going on in our life. Lord, you know these situations. And God, we just come before you and we plead and we ask, God, that you show up. Lord, you do what only you can do. Father, I pray for a renewed strength. Lord, I pray for a renewed vision. Lord, Spirit of God, I just pray right now that you breathe afresh and anew into these hearts, into these lives of these saints. Lord, they love you so so deeply. And Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that they will leave this place renewed and refreshed. Lord, knowing confidently, fully expecting, God, for you to move in great and powerful ways. Father, I just pray even now, Lord, that you will give them a renewed vision, a renewed direction in these situations and these circumstances. Lord, we thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do. We will stand and give you praise and glory for the great things that you're going to accomplish in our lives and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Can we thank the Lord for the roshes and the word today? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for those that joined us online too. I was reminded of just a quick story. Um, when we were building a church from scratch, I can't, I can't remember the name of the town, but we we built the church, we put the roof on, and then we had um, a service um, at the end of the week for for uh, the local church there. And I remember people walking, like, just to get there and taking buses. And one family walked 30, 45 minutes just to get to that service. And I didn't know how many people would show up because it's the first time we had the service. And there was, like, 50 people that, that came but I always remember there was a, a young boy there. His name was Jose. He just was in the community. He's like, what's going on here? And he just came every day because they were off from school that week. And he, he worked by my side the whole time. And um, I was praying that he would come to the service. I wasn't sure because he lived far away. And Jose came that Sunday. And I just think about his, his face is just in my mind. 
And he's someone that came, like you were saying, somebody that actually just showed up in the community that just saw something that was going on and just wanted to be a part of it. And like, what are all these crazy gringos doing here in, in Panama? But but God reached to Jose's heart um, with the love of Jesus. And, and, and there are so many opportunities for us each and every day that people are around us all the time. And I appreciate that message so much. That was so spot on. And it, it is a privilege for us to serve the Lord and to see those opportunities around us each and every day of how Christ has changed our heart. And I want to challenge you. You have a message. You, you have a testimony of what Christ... You may not know all the theological nuances of the Bible, but you have a testimony of what Christ did in your life and how he changed you. You have a story. And, uh, and, and every one of us have a unique story of how we came to Christ. Amen. You know, and, and every story is vital and important, and you can share that story. And I would encourage you just to be a storyteller of how Christ changed your life to those that are close to you. And uh, I want to encourage you to do that. So I'm so thankful for the Roshes and the, the longevity that they've had on the field and the consistency that they've had um, just touching the hearts and lives of the people in, in Panama. We're praying for more churches to be planted and more hearts to be touched for the Lord. So thank you for just opening your heart and my prayer for you and our church is that our hearts would just be tender to the Lord's calling and to people around us every single day and that we would never lose that sensitivity of the Lord's calling to hurting people. So as we pray, the, the Roshas are going to be in the back at their at the table. They have prayer cards that uh, you can pick up and pray for them. So stop by their table if you have any questions for the Roshas or you want them to pray for you. They'll be available after the service. So would you stand with me? And um, and as we just close in song today, let's just thank the Lord for today. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the Roshas. We pray a blessing over them as they go back into the field, as they go back into Panama, that you would continue to use them. Thank you for the hearts and lives that have been changed, Lord. We just give you the glory, God. And I pray that our hearts would be broken for those around us. I thank you for Jose. I thank you for these leaders that they've trained. I thank you for the local pastors in Panama that work diligently to plant these churches and to continue to spread your word, Lord. So we pray that you would continue to do that work. And thank you that, that we're a part of that, that we partner with what you're doing, God. So continue to use us and keep us sensitive to you. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for allowing us to be part of your kingdom. And we just ask these things in Jesus' most wonderful name, in Jesus' most wonderful name, and all God's children said, amen, amen. God bless you.